Welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. My name is Bryce and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today we'll be discussing season one, episode five of Corey in the house, Rock the Vote. And with me to break down this boom er of an episode is my co-host Renan Fontes. Ren, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you today? <sighs> I'm not bad. Uh, there's a Pokemon Go event, so I played that for a little bit today. That's and, fun. Yep, went to Market Basket, and that's starting to get very crowded. Yeah, uh, I thought I had, I didn't put it anywhere, but a, a thought I had was uh, something like, uh, when you're an adult, you, or when you're a kid, you don't realize how much time as an adult you'll spend at the deli counter. Uh, because I feel like I spend about 30% of my adult life at the deli counter. I just grabbed the deli. That's the deli meat and the deli cheese that's already been cut. So uh, I am with you there. However, I think that it tastes different. Uh, I mean, if yeah. you just grab it. And I don't know why. It's this, the same stuff. But it tastes different. Something. I mean, you're you're getting the fresh cut when you wait. Yeah, you. So you wait for the fresh cut, and then you have it happen. There's no funny business. Yeah, and but I also uh, I feel like they take uh, today. I just I asked for like some salami, and he was like, "Yeah, we got to open up some in the back." He disappeared for about ten minutes, and then came back without the salami, and went back there again, and then came back two minutes later. So it was it was took forever waiting to actually get my number called, and then go um so yeah that was that was my day and you know what i think my day is about to get even better because we have quite the episode of Corey in the house to talk about it's about to rock it is going to rock that's for sure renan um we it's kind of a a trope uh to do a like a politics slash election based episode, especially when you have characters who are in a school. And that's where we found ourselves this week is a school election. It happens so soon. Episode five. Yeah, it, it does does happen soon. I think usually in shows it does take a little bit of time to to get there. Um, I actually I, I should have looked it up. I wonder if there's an election based episode of That's a Raven, because there's gotta be. Um just because of how how much time they spend in the school as well. And just, yeah, school politics are always so central. Um, And this, this one was uh, in terms of the trope, nothing super special, but I felt that it was a strong episode of Corey in the house. Yeah. I was going to say this, this feels like the first episode of Corey in the house that played out like real television. Yes. It was an actual sitcom episode, had a beginning, a middle, and end. There was a point to just about everything that happened, even if it wasn't always the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, and they also have, uh, I felt like this was the first week where we have our characters being themselves, if if that makes sense. Like, I I felt like Newt in this episode was Newt and not just the punchline. Uh, We had Nina, who... 
like Mina was kind of just there, but I still felt like she was authentically herself. And for the first time, I would say uh, Corey is not the worst person in the world, which is opposite from what we've seen him in the first four episodes. Yeah, pretty much. This is the first time where they kind of put Corey in a real sympathetic main character role. He still is his own undoing in the end, but it's in a Raven-esque way where... Mm -hmm. We we are laughing at him, but we're also laughing with him because we don't want him to get hurt. Uh huh. I do think that this was uh, overall a strong episode. Let's uh, let's jump into it. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I am ready. So here is a candy and a smile. That is the opening line of this episode, and it is the tagline for one candy smiles, a brand new character to the Cory verse. Candy Smiles is uh, someone who has been running for president pretty much every year in uh, at Washington High School, or Washington High, I think is the name of their school, and uh, she so, wins every year. This is so who she, Candy Smiles is. So she wins every year. Candy Smiles, they go, they're in a high school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen the little, I don't, are you watching on Apple TV? I am watching on Apple TV. Okay, so you've seen the little uh, bio that says that Corey is 15 years old. <laughs> yes. So Corey is a freshman, which means Newt and Mina are freshmen, and Candy Smiles is in their grade. So, so she's also a freshman. So is what you're saying is uh, when she's won every year, she's never won. She's never won because she's never had the opportunity to run until this year. Maybe she's just the assumed candidate. I mean, admit possible that there was middle school politics but i don't that's true i don't really remember middle school having a um like a student government or anything like that yeah Yeah. so i don't know but they they kind of see candy as and mina describes candy as like the person who wins every year that's who she is uh it's interesting so this episode also starts on a holiday uh, a very personal holiday to Newt, known as Excuse Day. Excuse Day is, as Mina explains to Corey, uh, the day every year uh, in which Newt gives his parents an excuse as to why he can't run. So again, uh, going with this possible concept of maybe it's this is the first time we're celebrating the holiday because if, if they haven't run before or had to run before. Uh, what do you think of this holiday? uh it the the payoff is funnier than the setup i i agree with that it's almost like uh, i feel like they dug around the prop closet and they found something (laughs) and then they said how do we force this into the show and the writers said oh we're masters at forcing things into Corey in the house so we can make it work and this is the vehicle to do so uh this year newt's excuse is that he can't run for student council, can't run for president, uh, because he was attacked by a porcupine. And, and Corey also wants a little bit of an explanation as to why Newt doesn't want to run. Newt whines. He says, I don't want to run. I want to rock. Uh, g- good, good line for Newt. Captures his character. Because <laughs> <laughs> those two things can't happen at the same time, apparently. You can't be in politics while also play an instrument in a band can't happen 
so he says that he is attacked by a porcupine. So that's what he's going to tell his parents. And uh, he goes, it took me two hours to make this to help with my excuse. He then drinks a bottle of water. And as he drinks it, water squirts out from various parts of his shirt. Corey laughs and he's like, wow, music starts to play. And then music stops for about two seconds as we just stand there in silence. And then it cuts the opening credits. (laughs) Uh, Did the editors make a mistake by leaving in those extra two seconds? Regardless if the editors made a mistake or not, this is the first time a cold open has felt like a real cold open. <laughs> it, it does. I, I agree with that. It does feel like a cold open because we, we end with that punchline. And in this case, that's also physical humor, which seems to be, uh, it is the place where this episode decides to really rest in, but also does seem to be a strong suit for the show Corey in the house because we know that they're not making us laugh with their dialogue. It's the fallback. It's it is, it, it's not not working. Exactly. And if, if it ain't broke, uh, or even if it is broke, if it's less broke than everything else, why try to fix it? And, why bother, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the prop department was thrilled that that shirt got used. Everyone is happy in the Cory in the House set. And the shirt uh, squirts water on the ground. We, as I said, we cut to this intro. Um. So for today, I, I ran, I had mentioned to you before we started to record, I did want to take a little bit of a closer look into who, um, who Candy Smiles is as an actress. And so mm-hmm. her name uh, is Jordan Nia Elizabeth. Uh, she is known for, so here we go, uh, in 2002, a movie called Far From Heaven, which this... Uh, in 1950s Connecticut, a housewife faces a marital crisis and mounting racial tensions in the outside world. Ooh. Sounds like a really good movie. It actually has a meta score of 84. Wow. Yeah. It has Julianne Moore, Dennis Quaid, and apparently, uh, and uh, it looks like Viola Davis is in it. All-star like cast. So she's in this as a, she's a child because this is before her time on Cory in the House. And I think that that is pretty much, um, apparently she lost her connections with, with these people because she's not, not in too much else, actually, Ren, believe it or not. Maybe uh, she was blacklisted. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe she was like a, an absolute brat on set. And so <laughs> as, a, as a result, after being in the hit movie Far From Heaven, um, they didn't want anything to do with her. In 2005, she was in something called Miracles, Miracles Boys. Uh, 5.6 out of 10 with 255 reviews on IMDb. Uh, all I have for this one is Miracles Boys is about three brothers on their own going through life. Uh, and it was on the N, the defunct Nick network. I mean, if there are three of them, they aren't exactly on their own. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't, I don't know what place she had in that show. It looks like she played Angelina. And so she wasn't, it's not, not a bad role at all. It was one that she probably auditioned for and and got. Um, Otherwise, I mean, she makes her way around a couple of like mid 2000s, like children's shows. She's in Unfabulous for two episodes and uh, Lincoln Heights, which was like another, like a teen drama. Oh yeah. And then family. Yeah. And she shows up. We actually are going to see her eight more times in Corey in the house. 
Wow, recurring. Recurring, yes. And this is, I would say, her biggest role that she has. And believe it or not, after this, uh, she either made a good paycheck or realized that acting just wasn't for her because she's not in anything else until just recently she was in two episodes of Bosk and in a, a Netflix movie called Juanita. I have not heard of either of these. No. And uh, I was also trying to keep track of, I, I was like, maybe she's very active in another part of her world and maybe on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, after a lot of digging, it took me a while. I did find her Instagram. How many followers do you think Jordan Nia Elizabeth has? Star of Cory in the House. 80. Uh, on Instagram, she has she has 309 followers. Damn it. Which is not impressive in the least bit. I also a regular person. Uh, it looks like she did go on this is this is how uh, <laughs> bottom of the barrel we are scratching here. Looks like 273 weeks ago, so uh, <laughs> was that when it was last updated? No, she's she's other updates. Uh, in 2015, she um, announced that she's going on a 15 state, 21 city, 35 day road trip, and oh, used like the hashtag. Huh? To see her fans? I doubt that it was to see any fans. It got seven likes. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is um, altogether, the, uh, our Facebook page has more likes than hers you know it's kind of interesting to think about all the disney channel actors who simply didn't keep up with it seriously so she was on this and she's just recently went back to acting so i don't know how she got back into it or Mm -hmm. if she was roped in why she even left in the first place yeah like i I mean i would guess uh, it was maybe just like uh all right i'm gonna go into a career like i'm gonna go to school and then go from there but uh i don't know and it's this is i mean she her late, latest thing was 2019 so she is kind of back into it she also shares her two of her more recent pictures have the getty images um like watermark on them so she's doing some stock modeling so she is doing some stock modeling and she's fishing this is pretty much everything that we can find about one candy smiles uh in this episode she was very polarizing i felt <laughs> and the no, fact gr- that she has an aggressive personality yeah so let's um let's dive back into the episode i think that we have learned next to nothing about this woman and it's probably all that we're gonna learn do you agree <laughs> i agree <sighs> um all right, so we open up, and they are, they being Newt, Nina, and Corey are back at school. It's the next day. Newt is super bummed out because his dad was attacked by a porcupine, and the water thing doesn't happen. Yeah. I wonder what the scenario was where Newt, um, Newt's dad was attacked by a porcupine. Have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Newt's dad was, he's like a state senator, a legislator. Mm-hmm. He was legislating <laughs> uh, like a porcupine day for Washington, D.C. 
the the national uh, animal of Washington D.C. Yeah, he, he was gonna. We were gonna get rid of the eagle and take mm-hmm. on the porcupine. The porcupine. But as Newt's father was hugging the porcupine to seal the deal, yeah, he got punctured through the torso. Ouch! In the that's water, my inter- that's my interpretation of in the, the water thing doesn't happen. That that's probably the only explanation. Because what scenario does a governor end up in a porcupine accident? Well, not sorry. It's specifically attacked by a porcupine. So he was attacked by it. The porcupine was the winner in that that takedown. <laughs> um, and I also wonder. So in this scene, we see Newt the inside of Newt's locker which has a countdown. So in it, it has a, a few magnets and then a countdown that says only 300 days. And then the text is too small. Um, and it's like a rip calendar. So you pull it off each day. The school year is way more than, or is way less than 300 days. So it's not like until summer. What is Here's he counting down to? Here's yeah. my theory. Corey in the house was canceled halfway through its <laughs> second season. Newt is a precog. He knows that the show is on limited time. This is, uh, it was part of his contract was that he gets to, um, he gets to have a countdown. He gets to have a countdown in his locker and every time he pulls it, it's one day closer to the end of Corey in the house. (laughs) He he decides when Corey in the house is over and that calendar is the deciding factor. So I, I, I do hope that we see it again in a later scene and I want to know if it's lazy prop department doesn't change it or if, if this is the case, maybe Newt is quickly counting down the days. If it left. does change, we could probably piece together where some of these production order episodes go. Yeah, that, you're correct. So I, I think that that is something that we should keep an eye on uh, in case we do see it. Uh, I doubt that we will, but if it comes up. I don't know. I feel like the, that Newt's locker is in that little uh, foyer where yeah. Corey, Mina, and him hang out all the time. We could see mm-hmm. it again. So we will we'll look for it. Um, so Newt has to run for president of he his class. He has unrelenting charisma. It's uh, charismatic electability <laughs> is the term that they shove down our throats. And yeah. I questioned why they went with that because, again, this is a show for children. Uh, I don't know if children would latch on to that term. Maybe it's teach them some vocab. But I mean, has... the very premise of like a slightly politically charged kids sitcom on the Disney Channel is <laughs> who who's Corey in the house for? It's not for people who watch That's So Raven. No, so it's I, I have no clue who Corey in the house is for. I mean, the the demo. I feel like it's a little bit older, like male 12 to 15 year olds, maybe. Like, I, f- I feel like at times it's like seven to 15 year olds. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Sophie appeas- uh, appeals to the much younger demographic because otherwise she's just inseparable. Um, so Cor- uh, Newt is a Livingston. He, if he runs, he's going to win. And that's the problem, is that there's no scenario because uh, for five generations, Livingstons have never lost an election. Which means I think that Newt's dad is wasting his time uh, as a senator uh, or governor, and he needs to run for president. So in our designated survivor scenario, Mm -hmm. 
How do we rationalize Newt's dad not running for president? Um, mom's too busy on the Supreme Court and dad needs to stay focused on the family. All right, all right. That's that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know if their family hasn't lost in five generations. I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of that. And they're natural leaders, as we see in this episode. That's and right. So, uh, Corey... Oh, one, one second before we move on, though. Yeah. How do you feel about the racial subtext of a white man saying that if he runs, he will defeat the black woman? So, Ren, I actually, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's, I gotta be entirely honest, not something that um, necessarily crossed my mind to mm. think about. But you're right, there is, is context there. I don't know... Um, I don't think that it's outright, but I mean, given, given the, the political climate and culture, that is definitely something to take note of. Uh, and I'm glad that, that you did notice that because that's not something I realized. And it, it is something that we're keeping track of as we go through this is that. Uh, it's Corey in the House's little politics, whether it's intentional or not, it says something. It does uh, because it, it does feel uh I don't know intentional, but you're right. That just the scenario yeah. that's set up here where it is the white man who is actively saying, I will win no matter what I do. Because like, even if I, I try to throw this, I'm going to win. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, I'm going to win against this specific opponent yes. because like she's a black woman. And to play devil's just... advocate to my own point, mm-hmm. the episode itself is the most fleshed out we we've gotten newt yes like, at all across the whole show and mm-hmm. the point of that of the episode clearly isn't the election itself it's i would say kind of redefining character dynamics between the main three mm-hmm. is its main focus making them a bit more palatable yes and and we get a better sense of how the three of them interact with each other yeah um and, and kind of what they all bring to the table Corey decides he's going to help newt lose the election what do you think of this? I think this is a pretty funny premise for the episode to begin with. It plays to Corey's strengths as a character, I feel. Because up to this point, we've had our main lead. All his plans have been nefarious, malicious, and antagonistic. But this is the first time we see a Corey plan that is actively helping his friend. It is. And on top of that, all of his plans have ended up in absolute catastrophe. So I almost wonder if Corey's plan going into this, instead of I'm going to intentionally help Newt lose, should have been Newt, I'm going to help you win. I wonder if that would have made the difference here. I feel like, you know what? We say that Corey in the house, the Corey in the house writers pick the surface level joke all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been the surface level joke. Oh. I'm going to help, Corey's saying, I'm going to help Newt win. Everything goes wrong. Because at least this, Corey helping Newt lose, everything still goes wrong. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it has it has just that little twist that makes it, it, it makes me want to smile when I, when I think yeah. about it. Is that how, it, it then makes us kind of wonder, how is Corey going to intentionally help Newt throw this election? It's, it's a little bit more clever than I would have expected from mm-hmm. Corey in the house. 
so uh, that scene ends and we go into that that scene is kind of big because it sets up the entire premise of our a plot and now we meet our b plot uh, in which the president and sophie finally get some time together where they are actively working together uh well not working together but playing off of each other having actual scenes together yes uh like a father and daughter would and so they are coming downstairs through victor's kitchen and they are uh, excited because they're off to Sophie's school for career day. Um, the president is like, yeah, like, uh, before we go, like, we're down here to get our lunches. And Victor's like, yeah, I just packed them for you. The president holds up a pink lunchbox. And he's like, it's been a while since I've held a lunchbox. And he's then... a meek man. The way he delivers his lines. Yeah, so I wrote... Um, so the punchline of this is that Victor's like, actually, sir, this is your lunchbox. And then gives him a different but similar looking. It's still like the tin. It's just black. It has like an eagle yeah, on it. Exactly. The, the same tin lunchbox. Uh, and he's like, this one is actually yours. Uh, I wrote, and the crowd goes mild. It was meh. I think it's worth pointing out that Chef Victor is so trusted the Secret Service doesn't even need to look through the lunchboxes. He can just directly <laughs> hand whatever he's made to President Martinez and Sophie whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. What was it? He had a massive pitcher of orange juice, um, which he pulled out of the fridge in the beginning of the scene. What was in that orange juice? Pulp? It was, it probably, yeah, it was a it was lot of orange juice. Thick pulp. <laughs> uh, so he, he sees them off. And Sophie says, oh, like, she's excited because she's going to win. The president says, no, it's not a competition. She says, third grade's a jungle. Uh, And we transition to the next scene through a really cool uh, page flip transition straight out of, uh, like, uh, Movie Maker from, like, Windows 95. Someone was having some fun in the editing room. It, yeah, it, I... In my second watch through, I went back just to see the tra- the transition. And I was like, did I really just see them use that? Uh, and sure enough, it's like a little page flip goes in and they're now in Sophie's classroom. We are introduced to Mrs. Flowers, who's the head teacher. And she uh, is saying, oh, thank you so much uh, to Pasquale, uh, Pasquale's Donut Shanty for giving everyone donuts today. So that was one of the kids' dads. And it's all to the setup for this. And Mrs. Flowers says uh, it's now time for Sophie to introduce her dad while she goes to, quote unquote, get the jelly in her belly. I'm so glad you mentioned that line. (laughs) And Ren, did you notice, uh, did you watch her get the jelly in her belly during this scene? Because they're all giving donuts. They all have donuts that were given to them from Pasquale's. I didn't realize she was eating one. So she's holding a donut. Uh, she does not take a single bite out of it in this entire scene. Uh, not one bite. So she does the opposite of getting the jelly in her belly. So she lied to children. She lies to the children. Yep, she just wants to get out of the spotlight. She does not eat the donut. Uh, Sophie introduces. Uh, she's like, you all know him as uh, the man who runs the country. But to me, he is daddy. This is... Uh, the president introduces her dad say it say it like they say it oh i don't i didn't write it down specifically do you do you have it no say the president oh. of the united states like so they say the, it. yeah okay 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 
So uh, she says, uh, this is uh, the president of the United States. It's, it's, their, it's the writer's favorite joke. It's their favorite joke. Every time they, he says it or she says it or anyone says it, it needs to be said like that. Uh, zoom in of the camera audience collapse and laughs they go wild um they don't go wild for him in this scene though they they don't the students in the class they absolutely do not um sophie thanks pasquale for the Mm warm-up here's my dad he comes out uh he thanks quote-unquote his fellow working parents the only other careers i see present in this classroom are a construction worker, uh, the donut man, so Pasquale, and a firefighter. And that's yeah, it. The, the four jobs. Yeah. Again, this feels like they went to the prop closet and said, what do we got in here? <laughs> well, we have a firefighter costume, a construction worker costume. I wonder if Raven wore any of the, those costumes. Probably. Yeah, they're, they're probably straight from the set of That's So Raven. Um. Did you notice? So we have a little guest appearance in this. And did you recognize him? Yes, Manny from uh, Modern Family. Modern Family is in this. Uh, as his, so, the actor's name is Rico Rodriguez, and he uh, his character's name in this is Rico, which shows just how lazy the writing is. Um, <laughs> they did not care. They said, "Get me three cute kids. Let's slap their names on a name tag. Make them wear it in this scene for whatever reason." and uh make them ask questions so he raises his hand he asked the president if he likes donuts and the president's like i do but i gotta stay in shape for my job another child Brittany, asks uh since you're staying in shape can i have your donut uh, he then gives her the donut good move or bad move is that like presidential i mean it's it's what what else are you gonna do, right? You're gonna explain to yeah. the kid you can't give them the donut. Also, I feel like Brittany ate her donut really quickly because all the other kids are still holding theirs. Um, just a little <laughs> side note. Uh, and it's now that he realizes that no one cares about what he does, and he gets one more question. He gets asked, and he he's like, "Oh, this is gonna be the one." And uh, this girl asks, "Oh." Uh, I have a question about Air Force One. If um, which weighs more, uh, Air Force One or a million donuts? What do you think, Bryce? So, a million donuts is a lot of donuts. It's got a. Uh, but how big is Air Force One? But a million donuts is is a lot of donuts. it's a lot of donuts, and they're all stacked on top of each other. How much does one donut weigh? Uh, like a, a quarter of a pound i, I don't less than that i don't want to make a guess less than that uh you know what? hold on i can do a, a quick research uh how much does a donut weigh oh cake donuts typically weigh in between 24 and 28 grams i don't know what that converts to uh, grams to pounds. We're learning a lot. Okay. We are. Uh, so it's 0.05 pounds. Okay. Which is, that's not a lot. Uh, so how many, uh, one pound would be, uh, what's one divided by 0.05? 
it's going to be 20. So 20 donuts is one pound. Okay. And then 1 million divided by 20 is 50,000. So it's going to be 50,000 pounds. We can eat through that. So, uh, and then one airplane weighs about 90,000 pounds. I guess it was the airplane all along. So, definitely Air Force One. <laughs> uh, to, to be decisive here, it says, uh, includes the weight of the plane, which is 90,000 pounds, and the weight of the fuel, which is 40,000 pounds. Um, so, that's a decent... Decent weight, and uh, compared to the donuts, uh, I'm surprised that the president doesn't know this off the top of his head. I'm surprised that the president is so insecure about this. He is very insecure about it, and uh, he says, if all you are going to do is ask questions about donuts, you might as well have Mr. Pasquale come up. And the kids go wild. They scream, they shout, they're like, yes, bring him back up here. Mrs. Flowers pushes the president out of the way to bring him back up, like physically puts her hands on the president and pushes him out of the way. So should she have been jumped on? Secret Service should have brought her down before she even touched him. They, they're in the room. They're watching. But Ms. President Martinez was... has been so emasculated by the donut man. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's so sensitive. And uh, we see them both so sad at the end of the scene that he was shown up by the donut man. How dare the filthy working class man take the spotlight away from the president? I just can't even believe it. One, from, one, from one fellow working parent to another, you think that the donut man would have respected the president. It's rude. It's inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. And it just shows he doesn't care about who's leading his country. Uh, I feel like this doesn't help the president's image, like uh, our idea of who he is. Uh, yeah, I lost a lot of my approval rating for him has dropped. Yeah, he's, uh, by a decent bit. He, he does not strike me as a man of the people, but a man against the people, particularly the working class. I do not trust this man. I do not want to no. give him my vote. Uh, so we take a break from the B plot. President and Sophie are sad. We leave them. We cut to Candy giving her speech to. Uh, her class presumably in the courtyard uh it's uh, about 20 people uh half of which look like they're in their mid-30s and yeah, the candy, student body it's it is my this fellow student body uh cory aggressively claps for candy as she gives her speech candy has arranged to bring in a real life bear in place of the mascot uh for the upcoming pep rally uh, she ends her speech with a vote for candy and you'll always have a smile. I have a question for you, Ren. Yes, Bryce. Is candy doing a voice? <laughs> I feel like candy started doing a voice and then it became her voice. It's inconsistent, isn't it? Like even when we see her in the first scene, like I, I couldn't even describe to you what the voice is. Is a higher pitched is it whiny is it just is it her voice i i feel like it's trying to be hyper and annoying right yeah but she doesn't come across that way it, it just seems i feel like, like that's, that's how she the talks. writing yeah it's I, I think her character was very sloppily put together for yeah. her presence here and it makes me wonder if they um maybe wrote if she's in later episodes in this season 
maybe they already had her character in mind and just kind of shoehorned her into this. But um, they introduce her here. They explain yeah. her here. I don't know. She's it's she's a, a weird character, and I don't feel like they represent. It's it's weird is, that she doesn't have so... any real interactions with the main cast. No, and because her also her. So if what we know about her is that supposedly she's the type of person, she's like type A personality, wins yep. the school election every year. Um, maybe what they were going for is like this, like uptight, like nerdy personality. Kind of preppy. Um, preppy. I don't feel like, and in some of her dialogue, they get that across. I don't feel like whatever voice she's doing conveys that at all. It's... Uh, every... every... Maybe it's the same thing with, like, Stickler, where his first appearance was completely <laughs> off based on how he would return. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, like, they have this pool of characters that they're gonna go to whenever they need someone to be present, and they'll just yeah. bolt them into whoever they want them to be. Uh, so Newt then goes up and gives his speech that Corey wrote for him. Um, the speech is, who cares? uh candy's like what do you mean like what about like the problems facing our school what about the teachers and parents who have expectations of our performance and new who cares the crowd loves this again backfires that uh that uh charismatic electability comes into play one more time and they cheer him on as candy announces she's dropping out of the race she's giving up so can't th- this kind of speaks to candy's personality a bit she mm-hmm. gives up the moment one other person she has uh, any adversity she's like yeah nope i'm done can't do this too much mm-hmm. uh she feels i think just disrespected but it's so weird because this crowd is a bunch of sheep yeah these the, they'll eat up anything no they, they will <laughs> They eat up the like uh, everything that goes on at the end of the episode. They eat up like because right moments before they they eat up Candy's speech. They're like, "Yeah, live bear, this is so cool." And then moments later, it's it's Candy who, uh, like, who all cares, we care right? about is who cares. And it it's, anyone could get in front of them, I think, and say anything and have a pretty solid chance of winning this crowd over. Um, they lift Newt up and they carry him away. Uh, and they the next, chant who cares, who presumably cares? for minutes on end. And, well, so that, that transitions perfectly into my next note, because the next scene opens, they're now in the school building. So this previous scene was in the courtyard. They're in the school building, still chanting who cares. I want to know how long that's been going on. <laughs> they're carrying Newt. Newt grabs onto a door frame as they uh, keep walking without him. And chanting, who cares? How long did it go before they realized that Newt was missing? And how long did it go before they just stopped chanting, who cares? It was three minutes before they realized Newt was missing. Eight until they stopped. (laughs) Yeah, so, because in a few scenes, Mina's job is to, like, rally that crowd back up together. And I've got to wonder, did Mina, like, look all over the school, not find them, and then maybe found them wandering down like an expressway chanting who cares and then she was like hey guys like turn around come back she listened for the echoes yeah uh because they're, they're just a bunch of lost sheep and mina is the shepherd newt is the king um so 
this scene is set up like i said uh they're in the school newt is now uh away from his crowd with Corey and mina candy is in the background on the steps looking questionably sad like it's unsure she, she looks like she's been drinking <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> she looks very upset there are uh piles of candy all around her and uh, she has her big bowl of candy that she had at the beginning of the episode next to her all candy no smiles <laughs> all candy no smiles is right Ren. she's so upset and speaking of upset newt is also upset newt's like this was supposed to throw everything off like what happened uh cory says that he didn't realize how uh powerful newt's charismatic electability is using those words again uh cory's like i'm not sure if it's like your perfect smile or golden hair and it's like it gets weird for a moment yeah it i felt strange yes uh cory <laughs> i think cory fell in love with a newt for but a moment i don't know if we'll revisit it but maybe that's <laughs> just for cory it's out in the open it's there and it could be something that we revisit or see further signs of. Or maybe it was just the charismatic electability taking control of Corey. I don't know. But he has hearts in his eyes that he usually has for Mina. But this time it's all for Newt. Um, Corey says, maybe we can convince Kenny to get back into the race. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing so much. This was so weird. Uh, so they walk over. <laughs> To Candy, who, like you said, looks uh, very out of it. She looks like she's had a rough night um, and is on the steps. She's blowing her hair and holding the side of her mouth as if it's in pain. Um, I don't know if, if you had any thoughts on how she's acting. She's there. acting very strange. Uh, like yeah, I, I'm going through something. It looks a bit like a mental break. Did, like did she eat too much candy she's uh, feeling sick she's getting dizzy yeah. lightheaded Corey also notices that she looks strange and says dang girl what happened to you um candy no throws, yeah candy throws candy at Corey and says uh get off my stairs so she now has become the stupid kid um all right, so that, that option's been exhausted. <laughs> Candy to get back into the race. It's the last you'll hear of that idea in this episode. So instead, they're like, okay, well, what can we do? Um, they, they say, Newt, maybe you just got to accept your gift. Newt's like, nah, I can't do that. Three people come out of the hallway and chase Newt out of the scene. So Newt's gone. And Corey promises uh, that he's going to get Newt out of this. So he's like, I got to figure something out. And he decides someone should run against Newt and win. Someone who's brilliant, charming, handsome, irresistible. Uh, So obviously he's talking about himself. Mina says that uh, Corey is three of those four things. Uh, Three? Really, Mina? (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking at this list. I'm struggling to agree with one. I'm one. And I got to know which one Mina thinks, which three Mina believes Corey is. I, I would go with, I don't know. I can't even humor it. If I, I put sh- myself in Mina's shoes. It, it simply makes no sense. I could side, like, brilliant, I understand. 
Um, I'll go as far to say that that line is a plot hole. <laughs> for, for a moment, the writers had an absolute lapse in uh, memory. Of Completely Pink. forgot who Corey is. Yep. Okay, we're moving on because you're right. There's no, no point in even humoring which of those three things Mina believes Corey is. Um, all right, we're back to the B plot. Um, president comes in. Victor's like, how'd it go? You know, President says, Sophie's right. Third grade is a jungle. Uh, good joke? What do you think? Bad joke. <laughs> um, wasn't funny the first time. Definitely not funny the second time. Um, Victor asks, um, so Victor says, I'll make you a tuna sandwich. And the President says, and a hot cup of tomato soup? Is this a combo? Do people eat tuna sandwiches and tomato soup? It's like a tuna sandwich. I feel it's like grilled cheese's brother. You can have it with soup. Really? Yeah. I don't. So, right. like, I, I don't. I don't often eat tuna sandwiches, so I don't know how they taste. I'm not a big uh, tuna guy. I feel like it'd go well with tomato soup. With tomato soup, okay. So My issue is the president, you know, making orders when Chef Victor's offering out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I'll make you a sandwich. Well, if you actually, so if you notice in this scene, uh, the president gets his tuna sandwich, but he never gets his hot cup of tomato soup. Maybe Chef Victor knows just knows how to deal with him. <laughs> Victor says yes, but he knows that he's not gonna not gonna make that soup. The president's not gonna remember he even asked. No, <laughs> he's too sad about the donut situation. Third grade um, is the jungle. Third grade is one heckin' jungle, and the president's gotta gotta get it back somehow. He needs to rein everything in. Um, Sophie comes in and says, "Cheer up, you have the best job." Like you said, it's not a competition. The president says, "Yeah, I said that before. I lost." Um. Yeah, so this is how the president handles losing, which I I think further. Thank God he up, won. Yeah, further backs up the idea that he he is really bottom of the barrel in terms of how he ended up in that position. Um, Sophie tries to cheer him up, and Victor reminds him that he has a daughter that's proud of him. Uh, as this is, the scene exists. We, we are way too early in the series for the president to be acting this way. This yeah. is like season eight flanderization, no personality left. He, he has lost everything to the donut man. We're five and, episodes in. And he's so stuck on it. Uh, I would not be surprised if, even though we don't see it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if off-screen off President Martinez does something like, uh, does a... Uh, Deports the donut man. Yeah, or like an order to close all donut shops in like a 500 mile radius of the White House. Like something just absurd just to destroy, destroy this man's man. livelihood. Because he he is having none of it. And uh, also in this scene, there's a guy, uh, one of the like sous chefs is in the background uh, throwing salad up in the air. Yeah, I noticed time. it too. But it's not really a salad, it's just lettuce. It's a massive bowl of lettuce. Yeah, he's playing with the greens. Mm -hmm. Just throwing it up and down. Maybe he uh, went to the blue lobster, the purple lobster, whatever it's called. And I think it's purple was, lobster. The purple lobster was inspired by, uh, by Chad Berkowitz's uh, thing. Is it Chad? Man, my memory. Chad Berkowitz something. Chad, yeah, his, his salad. So the uh, president decides he has to win the kids over because uh, he didn't become president by giving up. That's something that he specifically states. 
And he didn't become president by not having the children vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, how is Corey going to get people to know who he is so he can win against Newt? Because he's a, he's new to the school, right? He's new. No one really knows mm-hmm. him. The people that do know him don't really like him. Exactly. And but uh, he's as all fifteen-year-olds eventually discover in life, mm-hmm. a bear comes to them, offering oh. opportunity. You know, when when the bear comes, open the door. <laughs> Bear knocks, always let him in, and that's what Corey does. Uh, they are in the uh, the, the like quad of the school, yeah, like the center courtyard of the school. <laughs> when this bear delivery man runs in, his accent is also indistinguishable, so not really an accent, like is it Bostonian? Um. I don't know. Depressed Bostonian. Depressed Bostonian. He comes in uh, shouting, anyone order a bear? Any of you children order a bear? Mm -hmm. So he made it past the school's main office into this courtyard, which appears to be open to the public. And let's remember that this is one of the top schools in the country for the Mm -hmm. children of politicians. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, this guy just waltz in with his bear. Anyone order a bear? Uh, and that's when we learned that Boomer's coming tomorrow. Man, who's Boomer? Boomer's the bear. This guy is eccentric beyond all belief. This and he's not a... even credited? No, he's. But I, I checked. I searched high and low. I'll do it again. Um, I couldn't find him anywhere. I think this this has to be like... A producer's son? I Maybe, or I was thinking he was maybe like a... a um, understudy and the real bear guy like had a not so great incident with the with boomer and so they called him last minute to fill in and he was like i finally have an acting gig hey, that's a reasonable assumption he is to be honest the most lively character i've seen on the show in five episodes he came in with a with a fervor and he left with it mm-hmm. so he he comes in and Corey is like, oh, yes, like Candy ordered the bear. Uh, and that's when uh, we hear from this bear man that at the last school, they left the, uh, the bear cage with the bear in it unattended for uh, overnight. And when that happened, a kid climbed into the cage and barely escaped. And that's when Corey gets his grand idea. Corey uh, Baxter is mm-hmm. going to get inside a cage with a live bear? But in Corey's plan, writers, Bryce, they've done it again. They have. They go from like standard sitcom trope to standard sitcom trope to what's this? We're going to play around with the idea of Corey getting in a cage with a live bear and then they actually commit to it. Um, so in Corey's plan, it's not going to be a live bear because the bear man says, Boomer's coming at four o'clock sharp. Um, sharp is a joke because uh, sharp bear claws. And um, so Corey's like, so we have an hour for Newt to put on a bear costume. That Corey genuinely surprised at the level of thought Corey put into a plan. Yes, uh, Newt will put on this bear costume. Which how does Corey get it so quickly? And yes, it does look very realistic from what we see. Corey killed disemboweled and hollowed out a real bear so newt could wear it for this moment he studied uh that leo dicaprio movie 
and said, how can I put a bear on me? And so between that, he also studied up on some midsummer and said, we're going to put humans and bears and going to make it work. So he gets this bear costume in, in the bag, gives it to Newt. And he says, Newt, you're going to put this on at three o'clock. I'm going to get in the cage. Mina's going to gather the crowd and it's going to look like everyone's going to see me in the cage with this live bear. Uh, Newt growls back is a note I wrote. Because mm-hmm. uh, Corey says, remember, you're an animal. And that's when Newt growls. Well, Newt says, uh, what animal? And Corey's like a bear. And then Newt growls back. Uh, what do you think about this in terms of Corey's schemes? Is this one of his best so far? This is his best scheme so far. It Realistically, it, it nothing goes wrong because of him. This plan goes wrong because of unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We didn't see the full bear costume, so I don't know how well that would have sold. But yeah. all in all, it's, it is a pretty good plan. Uh, so we cut to the next day or later on, whatever, and uh, we see the bear man putting Boomer in the cage. <laughs> An hour early. An hour early. Boomer is a big bear. He's massive. I don't know how they pulled this off. If it's a real bear, I have so many questions about who. It's Boomer the bear is. suit. Um, not a chance. <laughs> it's, is it a person in a suit? I don't like. It, was it a live bear? Let's just take a step back for a moment. Did- can bears be that peaceful? Where Corey <laughs> Baxter can headlock one because it didn't exactly walk away. It didn't move a ton. So I don't know about, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a real bear or not, but I think it might be heavily sedated. <laughs> Disney Channel's answer to the safe bear is drugging it. Like, All right, Kyle Massey, have your fun. <laughs> you won't die. Or was it? Uh, how did they film this scene? Like I, I'm genuinely curious how they filmed this scene. We have to reach out to the director. We saw the bear's mouth. We, it's it's a real bear, Ren. They're in shots together. They are in shots together, so it's not even like. Um, and was the bear maybe? Um, was it an optical illusion? Maybe the bear was farther back than it seems. But right, the Lord see- of the Rings trick. We see Kyle Massey, like you said, literally put his arms around the neck of the bear. I I hope that there's an answer to this someday. Um, so, I mean, to, to our listeners, you kind of, you already know where the scene's going. So Corey gets in the cage with the bear, not knowing it's uh, the real bear. Um, while he's in there, Mina then calls the crowd his way. Um, crowd loves it Corey's hanging out with a bear they go wild they really enjoy the bear um, while he's in there he Corey screams things like I'm crazy uh, he did <laughs> he dances around the bear uh, the almost bear kicks like the it. bear a few times in the yeah. face <laughs> um, they're like I wrote these moves are wild so I don't know it was pre-Fortnite, so I don't know where he's learning his dance moves, but they're, they're really signature 
like Kyle Massey moves. He then picks up a ball and plays basketball with it, constantly running into Boomer, saying, why are you fouling me like this? Why are you fouling me like this? Screaming it at the bear. Um, Boomer then pops the ball. And then Corey's like, I don't know how you did that. And then he gets in Boomer's face and starts making fart sounds. Uh, and then Getting last, on the bear. Yeah, so he then hugs the neck of the bear, says, uh, and the bear screams. And he's like, uh, your breath is kicking. And then that's when we get the, the, we all saw it coming, the punchline of the scene. Newt comes in to the scene holding the bear costume bag. Uh, Mina sees Newt and is like, uh oh um and then mina's like uh cory like it's newt uh so i'm gonna say this line and keep in mind what we talked about with newt last week ren uh newt says sorry i'm late but i saw you in there with another fuzzy dude so it's consistent it is consistent that uh you know newt has embraced a furry lifestyle he it's it is this is the second week in a row where last week we saw him with his his tail and wanting a, a different name um for his his furry costumed self and this week uh he by saying i saw you in there with another fuzzy dude implies that if he was in the bear costume he would be a fuzzy dude and now newt has a fursuit he does <laughs> personally hunted and carved out by one Corey Baxter. <laughs> um, so uh, Newt, Corey's realizes it's the real bear. He screams. Newt says, make yourself look big. Bad idea. Corey makes himself look big and the bear makes himself look bigger. Bear guy wanders into the scene. Um, so he had the bear guy put the bear in the cage and then was like, Oh, I don't know where the lock is, like the key to lock it is. Uh, it must be in my truck, I'll go get him. So he leaves. Um, he's now coming back. He has a massive set of keys with about like 500 keys on it. And he's like, He says to Corey, He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna get you out once I find the key. Corey's like, What? He's like, Oh, I'm just messing with you. Why does he have so many keys? Does that joke happen often? He has all those bears. So you think, Ren, there's like 500 keys. You tell me this guy has 500 bears. You're telling me he doesn't? He has 500 keys. I I wish that I had any evidence or proof to say that he doesn't, but he does have a clipboard that has an I Love Bears sticker on it, and his life is bears. Maybe it's possible he has 500 bears. I think it is. Um, all right, so Corey gets out, and Candy's like, Corey tried to fake you all out. So Candy's like, this is my opportunity to, I don't know, because she's not running anymore. Turn the crowd on Corey, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what that'll do for her. He nearly died, might as well just add insult to injury. (laughs) And Newt says, no, it's not his fault. Uh, It's my fault, because he was, Corey's taking the blame for, uh, a great guy for me because I didn't want to be president and Corey did this to try and pull votes away from me and then Newt encourages everyone to slow clap for Corey they do it because again they are sheep <laughs> um this is supposed to be like Newt's hero moment is it 
Newt's hero moment? It's not, and I, I think it's funny that it's not, because this is Corey's plan just failing on every mm-hmm. level. And I, I love that little bit of writing. Newt is now is seen as a natural leader. I think uh, Mina or Corey say specifically, he is a natural leader. And the crowd uh, gets behind him after saying that he didn't want to be president. He actively said, I didn't want to be president so much, I made my friend get into a bear cage um, to try and pull votes away from me. And the people don't care. They, who cares? They, who cares? They get behind him. They're like, this is going to be the guy. Newt says, I'll be president so long as I can still rock. <laughs> rock and rule, Ren. Rock and rule. The crowd chants rock and rule as they once again pick up Newt and carry him away. Will we hear from uh, President Newt again? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> it will never be mentioned again that he won the presidency. Um, I'm, I'm shocked he won. I am shocked that he won as well. I'm shocked that Candy didn't get back into her, the race. There was no reason for her to really exist in this episode other than uh, there isn't. No reason, actually. Zero. I can't think of a single reason why she exists. No, me neither. Um, so that's the end of our A-plot. That's it. We uh, all's well that ends well. Newt's gonna become president. Corey's still alive. Um, for now. For now. And Boomer had a great day. Yeah, good day Punch. for Boomer. <laughs> I love Boomer. I loved Boomer. I was watching it while um, I had my headphones on. I was watching it on the TV, and Jenna could only see it. And I think I had the captions on. And mm-hmm. she just turned to me. She was, I think she was on a phone call or something. So she wasn't listening to it. And she turned to me. She was like, this is the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, of course they make Corey get into a cage with a bear. Uh, all right, let's wrap up this B plot. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in the classroom, the president. He is shows up uninvited, just interrupts. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Flower says, are you sure you want to do this? Sounds like she's teaching and pissed off that the president's interrupting her curriculum. Wouldn't you be? Yeah. Yeah, I would be. But uh, what is his party trick, Ren? Uh, he's going to make balloon animals and tell the kids what the mascots of the Republican and Democratic parties are. What do you think of... I? This is the first example where I truly wish that podcasts were a visual medium. <laughs> his elephant balloon animal. Abysmal terrible balloon animal did you did you notice it at all i did i i wasn't impressed with either balloon animal to be perfectly honest i mean the donkey is pretty bad but the elephant is atrocious they had it in the prop closet they did they they had in the prop closet and he uh so the kids all cheer they're like this is so cool he gives them the different balloon animals uh the music starts because we're fading out of the episode as he takes out another balloon, he blows it, pretends he likes, because uh, the scene's actively still happening. We just can't hear him anymore because the music's over. It looks like he's trying to do another animal. Uh, he can't because he never made these in the first place. So like the actor standing there with the full balloon animal, he is trying to 
make it look like he's doing something. Uh, he lets go of the end and it runs out of air. And then he's just standing there with like a empty balloon. And he like waves it a couple times and the episode uh, fades to black. This is our president, Ren. Not my president. No, President Martinez. Uh, and it's done. The episode is done. We rocked the vote. We did rock the vote. The name, I get it, but it was a bad name for this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, overall, like, what did you think of this episode? I think it's the best one we've seen so far. I completely agree. I, it's it, the only one that, like I said, feels like an actual episode of a real TV show for once. It's weird. I, I feel a little bit strange about it. In my first watch through of it, I don't know if it, it was because I was so hyped about mm-hmm. Corey being in a bear cage that that alone kind of took over in my brain. But after a second watch of it, I got to be honest, it felt like a lot of weak scenes leading up to what was the strongest. And the story was there to like piece it all together. I mean, at the I, end of the day, it's still Corey in the house. <laughs> yeah, it, it like, is. Most lines are filler. Most scenes are fluff. And mm-hmm. this is a show that does not know how to pace itself. And I thought I appreciated the B plot a lot more. But again, in my second rewatch, um, I was kind of like, this is just whiny. Like, this isn't yeah. funny. Um, what was your rose? What, what was the thing Dude. that you felt was the best you were like newt in this episode i feel like we didn't talk a lot about newt's humor like what about newt did you feel was the rose i just was glad to get a fuller picture of his character i even if we never see these leadership qualities again mm-hmm. i think it's nice that so- there was some attempt to give him greater depth beyond him just being dumb slacker because now we have context that newt isn't necessarily mm-hmm. just that and it also gave us the context of the expectations that he has from his parents. And yeah. that's something that's, it makes Corey kind of unique in this trio because we, we've already seen Mina has that like cultural expectations for who she is from her parents. And we've already seen that in, um, in her episode, uh, Amy's Bahavian. And then in this episode, we did get a good sense, even though we didn't meet his parents, get a yeah. sense that he has those pressures. Um, my rose was Boomer, mm-hmm. even though I don't know how it was done. <laughs> if it was special effects magic, I have so many questions about Kyle Massey interacting with her possibly heavily sedated real life bear. <laughs> but Boomer, I mean, Corey got into a cage with a bear in this episode. The sh- the sh- the- these are the highest stakes that the show has given us so far for Corey. How can and- they get higher? They can't. Like, it's hard for me to imagine what hijinks he will get up to that'll make me say, this is as good as the time Corey got into a cage with a bear. (laughs) And he, it was part of his plan, too. So it's not even like he got, like, tricked into it. He put himself in a cage with a real live bear. Um, It was a very funny, funny, funny bit. And one that I fear will not be met for the remaining run of the show. (laughs) <laughs> but I, it's, I would be totally remiss to not say that it was the highlight of this episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the bud for you? What was something that you want to see more of? Candy's Revenge. 
She didn't mm. shine this episode, but Stickler didn't shine in his first episode either. And we know she's coming back for nine more episodes. That's right. Um, I also said Candy, and okay. I'm curious. I'm curious what what they're gonna do with her, because yeah, I don't think that we're gonna see like school politics anymore. Is she just gonna be that? Like she has one or two lines when they're in maybe a class or something like that, or maybe it's like a group project situation. Like, I, th- I think she'll play a secondary antagonistic role in episodes she appears in, mm-hmm. like Stickler does. Kind of yeah. the two of them trading off just to give the show some variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I don't see her um, personality meshing with any of the core three. I also don't see the core three expanding in any way. No. I mean, and she's only in it for nine episodes. So yeah. it, if anything, it might be uh, just like a couple of subplots that have to do with school. Like there's a school play episode or something where like she's going to be that one of those people who they just draw on as like she has a presence at school. Right. Um, the thorn. What was the worst part of the episode? President Martinez. <laughs> and his whiny attitude. Two thumbs down. His approval rating's about to tank. So let's let's uh we'll get to that in just a second <laughs> for sure. So anything else you have negative to say about just his presence in this episode? I'm not a fan of his acting. To mm-hmm. to get on like an uh analytical le- like a technical level, mm-hmm. I find that the president President Martinez is the way he delivers lines veers into being annoying more often than not. I don't like his little president of the United States joke at all. I don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I I also just don't like his attitude. I don't I don't think the his his shtick is endearing because he he kind of holds himself as um, like a little bit self important. Like yeah. when he walks into the room, he isn't the president, like the people's president. He's the type of person he wants people to praise him for nothing more than being the president of the United States. Yes. Yeah, um, and he's pandering. I mean, we saw him pander in this episode to his to the other parents that were in the class and even to the students. So it took him two tries to entertain a like, classroom. Yeah. Took him two tries. And his first attempt was just, I'm going to show up and be myself. And we learned that wasn't it. Kids want to see balloon animals. Um, my thorn was... Uh, I don't know where he would have fit in. I just miss Victor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was there a little bit with the B-plot and was also, we see him again as the, like the moral code. He's the moral yeah. compass for the show. So when characters are acting a certain way, they will go to him and he's going to be the one who gives them advice about how they should be feeling or what they should be thinking. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I did feel like I was missing him a little bit more this episode. And we haven't really seen him in, in a main storyline. No, we haven't. It's it's a little bit weird since he's one of the returning characters. Yep. Um, so I, I hope that we can see, see him shine a little bit more because as you and I discussed uh, last week, I think that he's probably the best cast member on the show. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. Uh, let's do this. His his approval rating. We're ready what were to we last it. week? Sixty? Fifty-five? 
Uh, last week, we had him at 50. 50? All right. He's dropping down to 40. Uh, so why? Look, when it comes down to it, I just don't feel comfortable with a president who feels that insecure in the presence of someone whose working status is clear, is just, you know, the donut. He's the donut man. The donut he's not man. the president of the United States. He's a working class man. He slaves over his donuts. He brings his donuts. He comes here. He's the champion of the children. The president, he doesn't see his fellow working parents. What he sees is a challenger. He sees someone who hurts his ego, his confidence, and that just speaks to an arrogant president. And the fact that he would let this consume him when, the, when there are other political matters he can be dealing with to the point where he returns to the classroom, mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that doesn't speak highly of him. Yes, yeah, so Samantha probably had to completely redo his schedule so he could take yet more time to go back to the school and try again mm-hmm. to, to make these pathetic balloon animals. So you're thinking 40? Yeah. So I feel like we can't do a a massive tank because that's not not really how it works. Um, I feel comfortable with 40. I I would say, I don't know. I I would say even 45, Mm -hmm. a little bit higher, just because I I think of the grand scheme of things. if there is a headline about it, it's not going to be like president shut out at class meeting. It'll be his second. It'll be his return. It'll be pictures of President Martinez visiting his daughter's classroom and talking about political parties. But that's only a positive thing if the teacher doesn't speak out. <laughs> yeah. And says it actually took two tries and he disrupted my class um, to, to do so. Miss Flowers, I don't know. Maybe maybe he will send her a box of donuts, of jelly donuts, or she could put more jelly in her belly. Maybe. Uh, to bribe her not to say anything to the press. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go with the 40 right. on you. But maybe next, next week, I might push, push back a little bit more. Okay. Because I do, I feel like he was pretty abysmal in this episode. But I, I try to think in this, when thinking about his approval rating, try to think of the bigger picture of like, what is America seeing of him? Um, like, what is their takeaway? Even if in these individual scenes, he's garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll stick with 40. All right. And the last thing we have to do, uh, what would you rate this I'm episode? Going to, I'm going to set a precedent and I'm going to give this episode our first half point, giving it a six and a half. Wow. So uh, I do have to say, so this is your highest rated episode yet. Yes. Okay. Um, it is for me as well. Mm-hmm. My highest score before this was eight Miss Behavian, which I gave a seven to. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, I, so I think that this is the best Corey in the house that we are going to see in a long time, Ren. You think so? I do. I really think that that is the case. I, I don't think that we'll be seeing better Corey in the house than this for a very long time, if <laughs> ever again. Um, I just, nothing, especially from what we've seen so far of the show, it seems to be all over the place. And I think next week we'll be back into 
Corey's trying to impress Mina, which is a storyline that goes nowhere and will be a waste of our time. Yes. Um, that's total, a total guess for like <laughs> the direction it'll go in, but I don't see Boomer being topped. No. And if so, I would be so happy. I'm going to go much higher than you and give it an eight and a half. Damn. This is, and I, I need, I need to specify this is in this, the schemes, in a grand scheme of things with Corey in the house specifically. This is not how I view television, an eight and a half <laughs> episode of television. I think that goes without saying. Yes. I just wanted to, to definitely clarify that this is an eight and a half in the grand scheme of how I believe Corey in the house is going to go. Um, and I, I don't think that this will be topped. So it really might be uh, a 10 down the line, but Jesus, I, I feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable giving it a 10 because there's the possibility that the show could get better. Um, we'll see. Yeah. So I will go with an eight and a half. Uh, so, cause six and a half, so that, that means that's only half a point higher for you, Ren, than eight Miss Behavian. The B plot really dragged it down. Mm-hmm. Versus a Miss Behavian, which had Newt and Sophie's love story, I think. Is that in that one? Uh, that was that one. The yeah. A plot here was a lot stronger, though. Yes. Yeah, they, the A plot was really solid. And we got introduced to uh, the Bear Man, who I would love to see him back anytime he wants to come back. <laughs> I really would. Uh, so there, there we have it. So this is our. Uh, highest rated episode of Cory in the House, which comes off of our lowest episode yet from last week. Total night and day, it felt like. All right. So uh, with that, next week, we will be watching season one, episode six, Napper's Delight. And we will be discussing all of that are you excited for napper's delight i am i'm hoping that this episode will focus on Corey's narcolepsy <laughs> and really just flush him out mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what napper's delight will quite <laughs> mean napper could be the, the name of uh i don't know a motorcycle rider who was visiting the white house and Corey finds himself strapped to a motorcycle in a uh, having to jump through flames. I don't know. This show is wild, Ryan. Yeah, I, I, there's no point in trying to predict what will happen because Corey ended up in a cage with a live bear this week. This show will go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not afraid to. And then weeks before that, Corey was in his underwear on the ceiling of a hotel, uh, of a bathroom, um, excuse me, with uh, octopus chapter on his body. It's not afraid to go to wherever it wants to go. So... All right, Ren, do you have anything else to say on uh, this episode? I think I'm all set for tonight, Bryce. I agree. Uh, so, well, thank you uh, to any listeners. Uh, if you did make it this far, be sure to give us a like on Facebook. And it's uh, really all we got. Well, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Have a good night. Bryce and Ren, Dean Ren, some electric guitar.